Welcome everyone to another episode of From Panel to Podcast. Glad you're here. I am Andrew Reiner. I have read uh, more comic books than anyone I know, except maybe my dear friend, Phil Hoff. Hello, sir. Hello there, Andrew Reiner. Um, I would say you've got me beat because I have ta- I took a hiatus for about five years. I don't know, a couple of years ago, quite a few years ago, but I took a five-year hiatus. So I would gladly say that you are in the lead. I would also like to say this is the third printing of this episode of From Panel to Podcast. <laughs> we had uh, a couple, yeah, some technical difficulties going into this episode, but I think we got it figured out. Hopefully everybody sounds crystal clear and beautiful. The big book this week, Phil. Yeah. For me, at least. Came out of nowhere. Did not see this being, you know, I thought it was going to be okay or, or just kind of fun. Marvel's Thunderbolts number one. This is and, a new series, a new take, and I it's one of my favorite first issues of a team book in I don't know how long. And when I mean team book, I mean it's like they assemble a new team. They're meant to be uh, protecting New York. This spins right out of Devil's Reign, the big Daredevil epic that happened, what, four or five months ago? I might even have been less than that. Yeah, it was probably about three, four months ago. Three months? Yeah, I guess we got a couple issues of Daredevil, so like three months ago. And it's a direct continuation with Luke Cage assembling a new team, and he taps Hawkeye to lead it. And if you remember, the Thunderbolts were a big part of Devil's Reign. They were Mm -hmm. the Kingpin's organization with Taskmaster and all that, you know, these bad guys that were trying to round up the superheroes or say, you can't be a superhero in New York anymore. This new Thunderbolts team is, uh, you know, meant to protect the Big Apple, but at the same time, they've been assembled to just kind of be this quirky new team for kind of uh, this corporation. So there's, there's some weird uh, kind of undercurrent here in terms of how this team forms. And one of the guys, there's a new, this is a ding, ding, ding issue. Number one with a key. It's a key issue because we have a, a first appearance. I don't know if I should tell you the name of this guy. Uh, I just want to point out, ladies and gentlemen, that if you hear a thumping noise in the background, that's me kicking myself in the ass for not buying Thunderbolts number one. (laughs) Okay, so here's the team. It's Hawkeye, Spectrum, America Chavez, Power Man, Persuasion, and a new character name, Guts and Glory. (laughs) And and Gutson is his first name. It's G-U-T-S-O-N. S-E-N. Oh. And you don't really know his powers. You start to learn a little bit about it as this issue goes on. But it's wonderful. It really is just fun. It it moves at a good pace. It's an interesting new take on uh, the Thunderbolts. I wonder if this is what the MCU is going to do because they have a movie tapped for a couple years from now. That's going to be the Thunderbolts. They have some of these characters that have already been established in the universe, like America and obviously Hawkeye. I would love for for this direction. To, and they have a Daredevil show coming. I wonder if they're going to kind of go into Devil's Reign there. It would be fantastic if they did, because I was worried about Thunderbolts. When I saw that movie, I was like, what are they going to do with that? Like, they just haven't had a pulse in comics for a while, right? Right. And here we go. This first issue is just fantastic and you have to get it phil like you gotta go out and get make sure you get the first printing i think i think this one's gonna stick and i think this is gonna be a popular one all right i've got it tattooed on my wrist to pick it up on wednesday 
And it's written by Jim Zub. That's right. His Jim full Zawad. name is his first name or his full name is six letters. J I M Z U B. All right. And just just crushes it. Just absolutely knocks it out of the park. And then I'm going to try to pronounce the artist's name. It's Sean. I got that right. Yep, killing it. Izaxi. Izaxi. I Z A A K S E. I would say you're probably pretty close. Izaxi. But do you hold the double A longer? Izaxi. No, because like, isn't Isaac spelled with two A's as well? Oh yeah, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I was I was shocked, by the way, that this was such a continuation of Devil's Reign, more so than like Daredevil, it's felt like. Yeah, and normally that kind of stuff is on my radar, so I don't know how I slipped on this one. Yeah, and it was a ding, 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 man. We, we alerted it, double you banana had to peel. get it, and you just absolutely blew it. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, again, why I'm hideous. <laughs> what's What's your number one? Um, wow, that's a tough thing to say this week, and I think I'm going to say something that uh, I will probably never say again in the history of this show or any other show that I will ever be on that relates to comic books. I think the favorite thing, my favorite thing that I read this week was X-Force number 31. Whoa, see, I didn't get that one either. Really? Yeah, it I skipped it. Craven on the cover, it's part of uh, the AXE Judgment Day byline, and you didn't get it? No, I totally whiffed on that one. Um, how big of a spoiler do you want me to get on this thing? Uh, well, sell it to me. Okay. Well, it's got Craven on the cover, which should have sold you right away. Craven yeah, on the hunt start. for X. Yeah. Um, so obviously Judgment Day is going on, and Craven decides that he is going to go tackle the giant deity that's hanging out and judging everybody. He's going to kill the skyscraper-sized giant. He's a hunter. What the hell else would he do? <laughs> I got to point out, this cover, by the way, has Deadpool's mask on a spear next to him. Oh, Deadpool comes heavily into play into this, and that is part of what made this my favorite comic that I read this week, is because you've got Craven attempting to hunt a god, and he's already hunted... Um, he, I shouldn't say he hunted Deadpool, but he... Un- he got Deadpool's remains out of a dead polar bear from what I gathered and from what I remember <laughs> happened in Wolverine. And he's got the polar bear. I believe it was a polar bear mounted on the wall with Deadpool's head inside of it. At which point Deadpool's hand freezes head from the polar bear's mouth. that's mounted on the wall. And the rest of the issue is what it is. All right. I, that, that sold me. I got to get it. And what is Craven wearing on the cover? It looks like he killed Swamp Thing and is wearing his skin. Yeah, he kind of goes into detail as to of why it is that he hunts, which he's done on multiple occasions, um, outlining all of that. So I think it's, you could see Craven naked in this. Does that sell you even more? That silence is me running out the door <laughs> to go buy it or break into my comic shop at uh, 10 p.m. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was my number one pick of the pick of the week because it's, and Deadpool doesn't really say much this entire issue, but the things that his body does are quite hilarious, especially in stark contrast to the seriousness of Craven. So up until this issue, we were, or this episode, we were best friends. Mm-hmm. Now we don't even know each other. We're reading books that the other person isn't getting. My second book, Phil, is The Variants, number three. Yeah, see, Keaton going with things that I'm not buying. I see how this is. 
Yeah, this is a Jessica Jones mystery by Gail Simone and Phil Noto. Yep. And I'm going to just read what this series is about. You ready? Mm-hmm. You're sitting down for story time? I'm braced. All right, here we go. Every time a variant arrives, Jessica loses a little piece of herself. But someone is trying to take everything she has. How can Jessica fight back against an enemy who claims to actually be her? And so right now I want to say there's five different Jessicas. Okay. And she can't remember things going on. So like Daredevil calls her and is like, hey, we made out last night. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, it wasn't like just like a kiss. It was like, we really did it. Like, you know, went into <laughs> like this felt like romance. And she's like, I, I don't I don't remember anything. And so she's she's starting to kind of lose her mind. And it's it's really good, Phil. You got to You got to go out and get the the first two issues and this one two is easy to find one's a little bit more difficult to track down i've done a little bit of legwork into it not a ton i'm going to uh when i'm on the road next week i'm gonna hit a couple of comic shops in various different states and i'm gonna find myself at least one of them wow oh that's gonna be fun road Mm -hmm. trip i love hitting comic shops out on the road oh it's fantastic isn't it like you walk into a place that you've never been into before and you're just like all right what's the layout what am i getting into cool and then you start digging yeah, and hopefully they got back issues. Mm-hmm. What's your number two? Let's see if it's something I didn't read. No, I'm guessing this is something that you did read. My number two is honestly probably Amazing Fantasy number 1000. Yeah, I read that. I thought it was a really good collection of short, mostly Spider-Man related tales that were really well penned and kind of tied together with a bunch of stuff that's going on. A couple of them were a little bit closer to home, a little bit more sentimental and darker, for lack of a better term. But I thought it was a really, really good celebration of Spider-Man, even though I don't think we're anywhere near Amazing Fantasy number 1000. But that's what the cover says. So that's what it is. Um, I had a good time reading it. I also liked Iron Fist number five. I did, too. Yeah, we got Loki in that. I think that was the last issue. Mm-hmm. It looks like that's going to continue on in Axe. Yep. <laughs> uh, everything's going to Axe. I also got a kick out of Ant-Man 2. I did too. I liked that as well. I thought that was I thought that was a fun and enjoyable read. I don't like the new costume, which is really playing off the antennae. Is that mm-hmm. right? Antenna, yep. antennae of the ant. So he looks more like he's kind of brownish. He kind of looks more like Iron Man ant. You know, before he was more kind of just robotic looking, but they're really, really playing up the ant features. And it's, I don't know, a little too retro in my mind. Uh, the art style is very retro as well. The entire book, which I understand since they're celebrating 60 years of Ant-Man. But yes, the, that costume is, it's super cheesy. But some of the things that happened in that book made me chuckle on multiple different levels. And I like the the, the new Ant-Man. It's just like, I'm the worst Ant-Man yet. Yep. <laughs> just straight up, just like, I'm... I know I'm terrible. <laughs> there was I, One of the things that I got a really big kick out of out of that issue is how many people's internal dialogue came out, out loud and got them in trouble for things or they discovered yeah. things. I <laughs> thought that was a pretty, pretty ingenious. That's clever. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Uh, should we say anything about Sandman Universe Nightmare Country? Uh, I thought it was good. It Number accomplished. Five. Yep. And I think there's at least one more of them. House of Slaughter, number eight. Again, James on both these books just lights out. Doing his thing. 
Incredibly uh, talented. Yeah. Briefly want to touch on Star Wars Obi-Wan, or as I like to call this specific issue, Star Wars Obi-Wan Apocalypse Now. That should tell you everything <laughs> you need to know about that issue. Um, I got a pretty good chuckle out of the new issue of the Vampire Slayer as well, as they fought a Bucatini demon. Yes, a demon made of pasta that is opening up franchises across the United States. <laughs> okay, I got to get that. That sounds <laughs> that sounds like my dreams. Yeah, I, I chuckle even as I say it out loud. Uh, there was a number one that I thoroughly enjoyed last week as well called Forever Forward. I don't know if you grabbed this one or not. They tried to sell that to me. They're like, you should get this. And I was like, uh-uh. Uh, It's sci-fi, which I know you're a fan of sci-fi much more so than I am. It's Mm -hmm. about time travel and a scientist who is working for a university. I believe he's 30 years old. It's actually his 30th birthday. Brief summary. Yeah, I don't believe that. You can't be a scientist and be 30 at a university. Unless you're like Doogie Howser levels, right? Yeah, that could be, sure. Um, But he has found a way to send particles. He's found a way to send things forward into time. And what he's done so far is he has sent an ant forward 0.33 seconds in time. All of his higher ups are like, you got to publish. You got to go now. You got to come out with this type of thing. And he's like, no, I'm not ready yet. This is not significant. I'm going to be the guy that opens the door that everybody forgets about because all I did was send an ant forward 30 or 0.33 seconds of time. Um, huge accident happens in the lab, of course, and they ended up getting sent forward in time 33 years to which they land at a location that says the only way to go back is to go forward. And head scientist guy whose name I don't remember realizes that it's in his handwriting. The rest of the issue ensues. I thought it was pretty good. I'm going to keep coming back to it for now and see how this all plays out. But again, I thought it was good. Yeah, that sounds good. And I was kidding about the scientist being young. Uh, No, no, you weren't because that's uh, typically the way things are. I guess you got to think how long you go to school. But anyway, people are brilliant. They can do (laughs) science at any age. (laughs) They're way smarter than we are. That's for sure. Yes. I'm looking through the issues here. I passed on DC's Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I did too. Uh, which looked really dumb. I even opened it up thinking I might be able to give it a chance. And I looked at it and was just like, oh, no. I did pick up that Harley Quinn the animated annual? series. Oh, the yeah. animated series one. Was it any good? It was okay. The real sidekicks of New Gotham. Jesus, what uh, it is wasn't going on the... in DC if they're naming things like this? Sorry. Yeah, it wasn't worth nine ninety nine though. Uh, Fortnite was okay. Do you want to touch on Fantastic Four since I haven't read that yet? Oh God, yeah. So, um, what was it? Twenty five bucks. Yep. So Alex Ross just kind of out of nowhere, at least for us, released a hardcover Fantastic Four standalone story that he did. He wrote. He drew painted all of it it's it's just an alex ross book it was shrink wrapped two different covers and it reminded me of marvels you know it's kind of got this classic vibe to it but at the same time he's telling kind of an interesting new fantastic four story and is it worth 25 dollars? you got to kind of be a fan of alex ross's work which i am i mean reading yeah reading marvels he's or astro city you know like you, you know when kurt who was that? Kirk Busick? Yep, that's Kirk Busick. You know, it's, it's kind of the old school golden age approach. Like that's that's where Alex's head is a lot of the time. And, you know, Fantastic Four kind of screams that. And I thought he did a good, a good job with it. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I think the thing that intrigued me the most and is what got me to buy it is it's not in classical Alec, classic Alex Ross art style either. It looks more drawn than painted, if that makes any kind of a sense. He kind of switched up the way that he does the art in this, which I think just by looking at the cover, because I haven't even unwrapped mine yet, 
is very, very unique. And I'm, I'm curious to see if he can, if he executes it the entire book. Yeah, it, he does. It's, it's really, yeah, it's a, I would say a slightly different art style for him, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, very distinctly Alex Ross, which I know is, doesn't make much sense, but you'll understand if you've seen his work before, his covers, and then see this interior work. And if you haven't seen Alex Ross's artwork, what are you doing listening to this show? And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Like, he is one talented painter. Yeah, anytime you're looking at comics and you see a cover that's painted and you go, that looks realistic, that's Alex Ross. Right. (laughs) 99.9% of the time. A comic that I couldn't believe I read is The Flash, Love on the Run. (laughs) It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. He wasn't in his costume the whole time. No, but it was a, it was a cute little. Oh my god, I can't believe I just said that. It was a cute little tale about him and his wife. So it's love on the run, and the story's called "Best Laid Plans." Oh boy, yeah. But you... not once did was there a costume in this. It was just them. Yep, Wally West and Linda Park West. Mind you, it was the Flash Annual for 2022, so it was a little bit more girthy. Uh, brief recap of it. <laughs> careful, careful. It's <laughs> uh. Wow. Um, His wife wrote a book that he had not quite taken the time to read. She went to work. He read her book, which is a romance novel. And it's it's a cute little love story. I'm sticking with the word cute. I don't even care if I get judged for it. But it it really kind of I'm not going to say tugged at the heartstrings, but it showed like how much they actually do care about each other. And like the revelation as he's reading this book and he pauses at one point, gets to a certain point, starts laughing. He goes, oh, my God, my wife is a nerd. And keeps reading. And by the end of it, he's absolutely smitten with what she's done. I just used way too many cutesy terms there. Yeah, and you keep going. I like it. Anything else, Phil, from this week? From this week, no. Nothing that really jumps off the panel to podcast to me. And, you know, a lot of these, you know, we thought week five in a month, even our comic shop was like, this is going to be a slower week. I still spent over 100 bucks, uh, partially because Alex Ross gave me a $25 gift there. Right. But I, I liked a lot of these books, you know, aren't our mains mm-hmm. and they kind of succeeded like Thunderbolts. Like, I cannot wait for that second issue. I put it right up there with like Strange is is one of my favorites at Marvel. Just yeah. you gotta, gotta read it. Like I was. Yeah. I and even though I can't say enough good things about it, even the secondary axe book was really good as well. I don't remember which X title it was, but I thought that was really good as well with with uh, Cyclops going to face the god. Some never oh, remember this X-Men. god's name. That was yeah, X-Men, X-Men yeah. number 14. Yeah, it was I good. Th- I thought that was really good, too. And normally I hate X-Books, and here I am talking really good about two of them. So, I mean, it was a good <laughs> week for comics, even though there wasn't your main, especially my mainstays of like my Batman, the Batman that I like to read, or I should say Batman that I like to read, words, um, Daredevil, your Hulks, your Thors, your things like yeah. that, or a mainstay Spider-Man issue, or yeah, issue. Um, but again, it was a really good week for comics, even though it was a little bit smaller. Let's move on to next week. All right, Phil, you're going to get your mainstays here. You're going to get your fix. Full plate here. You ready? Mm-hmm. Batman 127. Yeah, why not? The cover is incredible. It's a close-up of Batman gritting his teeth. Oh, yeah, I Look- saw that cover. That thing is gorgeous. Moon Knight number 15. Sure. Yeah, I'm two for two. Dark Crisis number four. Uh-huh. Oh, hell yes. Wolverine 24. 
Axe tie-in, yep. Yes, you got to get it. Immortal X-Men number six. Is that an Axe tie-in too? It is. Oh, good. We're both five for five. New Mutants number 29. Please tell me it's not attached to Axe. It's not. Thank. Flashpoint Beyond number five. Mm-hmm. She-Hulk number six. Oh, boy. Ghost Rider number six versus Wolverine. Cool cover. Punisher number six. (laughs) Yep. Let's see. What am I at? Two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm eight already. I'm at eight as well. Yep. Spawn 333. I read the synopsis and I was moderately disappointed that there's no like halfway to hell reference. Oh, yeah. Star Wars number 27. Yes. Shuttle Tiberian on the cover. Here's our number 10, Phil. Poison Ivy number four. Oh, yes, please. Marauders number six, which is a axe tie-in. Damn it. You had to use those words. Axe. Death, <laughs> death to the Mutants number two. What is that, four axe books? It's a really big axe and weak. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 132. Batman Beyond Neo Year number six. Yes. New Fantastic Four number four. No, thank you. Absolutely not. Black Panther number nine. Yes. Once in Future number 29. Yes. Um, I'm going to be getting all those back issues, Phil. I have one through six and I've read them. Do you say it's on 129? Just number nine. Oh, or I just 29. Sorry. Holy 29. crap. I was like, you're going to go back and get all of those? Good for you. So I read the first six, and it's the best way I can describe it is remember those Brendan Fraser mummy movies? Uh huh. It's totally that with a really awesome old lady who knows everything about everything about, you know, King Arthur coming back to life and what kind of harm can come from it. And then her son or grandson, whatever. And just kind of learning, you know, from her, but having to develop into this hero along the way. It's it's very good. Okay. But supposedly that series is ending. Okay, uh, I'll get into it just in time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number four. Yeah, I think I get that. Sentinel of Liberty. I don't even know what I said there for a second. Um, Twig, number five. Oh. Yeah, getting it. Even though we're disappointed, hopefully it picks up. The Walking Dead Deluxe, number 46. I get that as well. Alien, number one. This is a new Alien series starting. Yes. Didn't they just end in Alien series two? Yep. This is picking up a new one. Okay. The New Champion of Shazam, number two. I like Uh, the first one of that. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to pass, though. Yeah, that's going to be a question mark. Batman, Dear Detective, number one. I think that might be an art collection, but I added to my poll. I, I I'll probably get it. It's I eight don't... bucks. That's fine. Sort of Azrael number two. No, thank you. I'll get that just because the first one was really dumb. Dark Knights of Steel: Tales from the Three Kingdoms number one. That looks like it's all based around kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm out on that one. Spider Man 2099 Exodus Omega. Yes, please. Basilisk number 11 from Boom Studios. Intrigued by that, but I haven't bought any yet. 
All Out Avengers, number one. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, please. <laughs> time Before Time, 16. Multiversity, Teen Justice, number four. Oh, boy, this is going to be a big week, Phil. Image Comics, Image, number five. Okie dokie. Yep, I'll get that. Uh, Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, number four. The Dead Lucky, number two. Yes, please. Yep, that was really good. Town Called Terror, number six. Starhenge, book one. The Dragon and the Boar, number three. What? Too many words. That Texas Blood, number 17. Magic the Gathering, 18. Sure, I'll get that. <laughs> Shock Shop, number one. I'm getting that, actually. Uh, that's From about Dark it's Horse. A, it's a, I want to, if I remember reading the summary right, it's a horror story that takes place inside of a comic shop. Huh. X-Men and Moon Girl, number one. Black Adam, the Justice Society Files, Adam Smasher, number one. Batman Nightwatch, number one. What the heck Wait, is what? that? Yeah. Is that the kid looking one too? Because one of the yeah, Batman it's books kinda is kind of cartoony looking. Yeah. yeah, I'm out on that. 007, number two. I'll grab that. I like the first one. The Invincible Red Sonia, number 10. Golden Rage, number two. I'll grab that as well. Blade Runner, Black Lotus, number two. The Ward, number four. I think I want to get that. <laughs> I got to figure it out. Uh, and I think that is it. Evil Ernie's back, apparently. Yeah, I saw they were doing a 30th anniversary special. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap, I would like to tell you a quick story that I didn't tell you about. Sure. One Go of our it. listeners and a friend of mine, his name is Ed. He sent me a text saying that he's been listening to the show and he's never bought a comic book in his entire life, but he really enjoys the show and he really wants to go check out a comic or to start getting into comics. And I said, well, here's the deal. I highly recommend you grab the first trade paperback of Something's Killing the Children. Okay. 20 minutes later, I get a text message from him that's just a picture of him holding Something's Killing the Children number or volume one. I was like, sweet. Enjoy. Happy reading. Hope you like it. We didn't steer you in the wrong direction. About an hour and a half after that, I get a text message from him holding volumes two, three, and four. Oh, my. So he read through one already? He burnt through one and ran out and grabbed <laughs> two, three, and four and grabbed them. He went to Hot Comics up in Minneapolis, and he said he walked into the place and asked for it. He's never even stepped foot inside of a comic book shop before. Stepped foot inside of it, said, hey, I'm looking for the first volume of Something's Killing the Children. I've never bought a comic book before. I don't know what I'm looking for. Guy is super helpful, walks him over grabs the comic book for him and says, it's an absolute pleasure to sell you your first ever comic book. Aww, <laughs> what, a, what a fun story. Yeah, I thought that was a great story. Is he up to $100 a week yet? Not yet. Give him some time. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing that. That's what the show's about, right? Yep. Uh, steering people towards comic books, making sure uh, we're at least given some decent recommendations and uh, hopefully people shoot them back our way. We've gotten a bunch already. Uh, from people on Twitter in particular, DMs, people asking me if I've read this or that. And mm -hmm. some people buying variants like you wouldn't believe, getting them graded 9.8s. It, it's fun to see. It is. And uh, um, yeah, you know, our pocketbooks hurt from it. But, uh, you know, we're, we're doing our, our best to stay on top of all the comics. And it's been a lot of fun. 
And it's nice to know that we're growing the community at the same time. We're getting people to read things that are outside of the normal wheelhouse because it's this this show is getting you and I to read things that are outside of our normal wheelhouse as well. And we've found a lot of things that we've enjoyed from it, too. Yeah. And support your small comic shops. Of course. And then when you've when it comes time to go shopping for back issues, Phil, that's a talker for next week. Let's think on that and give people our advice, our tips for finding older issues, because there's times where I, I equate it to fishing, right? Oh, like yeah. I'll, I'll throw my line in the water, but I, if it's too much, I'm not going to pull it in. Like I, I, I will keep throwing my line out there maybe for months on end until I get it at a price I want. Mm-hmm. So and we'll if- go into that next week. Excellent. Let's make a note of that. All righty. Thanks again, Phil, for being on the show and just being uh, a really cool dude who likes pretty good comic books. And, uh, we both got some some homework here and getting some of these issues that we missed from last <laughs> week, which is a good thing. I, yeah, Thunderbolts, man, you gotta. I told gotta you, it's get it tattooed on my left wrist. All right, awesome. But again, thank you everyone for all your support. We'll be back hopefully around seven days. We'll see you then. Bye, everyone. Take, take care.